Hello, welcome to BJ Productions. I'm Ben Northrop. Jason Ackerman. And today we're here to bring you our new show from BJ Productions. Um, we're gonna be go for the first few episodes. We're gonna be going through uh, all eight divisions in the NFL, um, starting with uh, two in the NFC, going through the NFC and the AFC. Yes, we are. We're gonna start off with the NFC East day. We're gonna go through late rounds. We're going to go through some sleepers, through bust, and some breakthrough, if there is one. So, Ben, let's start it off with the, the division winners <laughs> last year, Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'll go with my uh, late-round flyer. I think this is pretty obvious, but I'll go with Des Bryant as a guy. that He's a guy he can step into a role. He won't be at the starter right away there, but give him time, and he will take in a step into Roy Williams' shoes. And... Frankly, I think Rome was going to throw for 4,000, 4,500 yards this year. That Miles Austin's not going to get all of it, and that there has to be at least about 1,000 yards for Des Bryant to get this year. You know, we'll have to see how the Dallas Cowboys play out. Des Bryant's definitely a promising rookie. I like Tashard Choice out of that backfield. Marion Barber's been rumored to get traded, and Felix Jones has tendency to get hurt. He's proven he can play. I look for Tashard Choice as a solid uh, back to end your year in a fantasy playoff run. A sleeper in that league, kind of the same area, I guess you could say, with that uh, team. I would definitely have to go with, you know, I don't think he's a sleeper, but Jason Witten did not have the best season of last year, but this is an explosive offense. I think he's a very underranked tight end coming into the year. Um, I do agree with you on the Witten part, but my problem with Witten is he doesn't catch enough touchdowns for me to view him as a maybe a top six starting tight end in the league. My sleeper for the Cowboys is a guy like Felix Jones, if he can stay healthy, because he's taking over the starting role, and he's proven that he gets a high yards per carry, even though he doesn't get many carries throughout the season, that if he can stay healthy for at least 13, maybe 14 games, he has there's potential for him to be a decent running back, too, in most fantasy football leagues. I agree. So now we're going to be going on to the bust in that in that team in the Dallas Cowboys. I, to be honest with you, the biggest bust I would see is Marion Barber. I think their passing game's exceptional. I think the only bust you can really look at is him going to a team and being the goal goal line back only in a touchdown only league. This guy's a great player, but in a league where you need yards, catching out of the backfield and rushing yards, I do not like Marion Barber as the top 20 running back as most teams have, or most uh, projections have him. I'll agree with you on that part, that top 20 I wouldn't take him, but if you get him at about the 23rd or 24th value running back, I you can go a lot worse with the guy when he had this role four years ago, he did have 16 touchdowns. If I'm looking at a bust, it, it may not be an obvious one, I'm just taking whoever they put as their kicker because someone's going to bite early to think that they have a great offense as kicker. And who knows, they might go through two or three kickers this year. You saw Nick Folk struggles last year, and who knows what they're going to put there. This is a situation to stay away from if you're choosing kickers this year. And as a breakthrough, uh, breakthrough athlete on their team, um, I'd have to say Tony Romo because, frankly, I think this could be, if there's a year for him to step up into that top three, four range of quarterbacks to put his name with the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees is in the world, this could be the season because one of an easy schedule and two of so many weapons in the passing attack. I would have to tend to agree with you on that completely. 
but also mainly I'd have to say Felix Jones. Healthy last year was a top five running back in my mind, his speed, and he has the power to be a goal line back. I think he's got a lot of bite into him, and I think he can plow through some guys in safeties, and I look through to him if he stays healthy to be a great running back. Okay, next we're on to the Philadelphia Eagles. And first we'll look at late round flyer. I'm actually going with a uh, running back that uh, may have angered a lot of fantasy owners last year in Mike Bell. And my reason for Mike Bell is he didn't do a bad job with the Saints offense last year. And with anyone who was a Pierre Thomas owner this most recent year, they were frustrated out of their mind seeing Mike Bell take the carries. LaShawn McCoy is not your typical three-down running back, and that there are carries to be taken there because Leonard Weaver, frankly, is just a pure fullback. That Mike Bell, if he stays healthy, he should be a lot for about 125, maybe 150 carries and potential goal line touches. I would have to go with David Akers as a late-round flyer. That offense with Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, and LaShawn McCoy at running back, Kevin Cobb hopefully comes through for this team. I think he could be a top three kicker competing with Garrett Hartley for that number one kicker spot. I think he's a great option at kicker, has got it done in the past, and he's always been, I don't think he's been given the respect that he deserves. Going to a sleeper on that team, I would truly have to say uh, McLean. I think he's a great, comparing him with Jerry Macklin, you mean Jerry Macklin, sorry, is a great sleeper on that team. Uh, he's a lot like Deshaun Jackson, who's going to get a lot of attention from a number one corner and safeties over the top. If he's given that one-on-one, -on -one, I think he beats him every time with speed. And I agree with you that Macklin could be a huge sleeper if he gets less coverage um, this year, as he should, because Deshaun should be demanding about two, uh, two, a double coverage for most of the plays. My sleeper is a guy like Brent Selleck. In a year where the tight end class is decently deep, he's one of those guys after, in my mind, the big three has a chance to potentially step up and produce like those big three. And when I say big three, I mean uh, uh, Clark of Indy, Gates of San Diego, and Davis of San Francisco. That Brent Selleck, he's a huge weapon in their offense. Uh, they, their offense is known for throwing to their tight end. And he's a great uh, pass catcher in the red zone that he could easily sneak in eight, nine touchdowns this year. Um, Bust, I'd have to I'd, I'd have to lean into more of a kind of LaShawn McCoy. Not because I don't think he'll be a fantasy starter, but more the fact that he's going too early in my mind. I don't see him as a top 15 back. Maybe at the 20-21 range I'd go him. But he's being taken way too early for a guy that Brian Westbrook in most of his years was a second running back. He was never an RB number one. I would have to agree completely. I don't think LaShawn McCoy showed us anything to prove that he's a number one running back on an explosive offense. I think you have Mike Bell who's proven himself completely in, in uh, the National Football League. And I think when given the opportunity, he's going to continue to prove himself and take a lot of touches away from LaShawn McCoy, who is an unproven second-year running back. Going to a breakthrough player for that team, I truly got to say Kevin Cobb. He's been put in a great position with a lot of weapons around him. If he does not break through, that organization's going to be mad. The fans are going to be mad. They traded away Donovan McNabb because they have so much faith in this guy. Michael Vick's in question with his season. And uh, I, 
I truly think he's got to be the breakthrough guy for that team. Um, I agree with you that I think Cobb could be the breakthrough. But if Cobb is a breakthrough, the guy who in the end will be more of a breakthrough from what he's expected is Deshaun Jackson, that there's potential that in the two games that Cobb started early in the year last year, Deshaun Jackson had 275 uh, yards and three TDs. Extrapolate those stats out for a whole season, and that's some pretty crazy numbers. Do Can he withstand that? No, he's not going to do that great every game. But Kevin Cobb looks for his number one receiver a lot because he's a young quarterback, and that's what young quarterbacks do. That Deshaun, yeah, he might... Uh, he might not catch as many balls, but he'll have a lot more targets when he's going deep. And there's a lot. He still should have the big play potential um, this year, as he did in most recent years. All right, um, we're gonna move on to the New York Giants uh, with a sleeper on their team. I think it's their whole wide receiving. I know you have a lot of Steve Smith and Akeem Nicks as a lot of uh, you know talked about wide receivers in the top 30. But I think Mario Manningham is a huge sleeper on that team, too. As their whole wide receiver just seemed to get the ball spread out to them. I think they run a lot of uh, what the New Orleans Saints did. And you saw Robert Meacham end up as a top 20 wide receiver last year, which a lot of people had him going undrafted. I think their whole wide receiving is just a complete sleeper. I agree with you on that point. My big sleeper is a guy who a lot of uh, fantasy writers have as a huge bust in Brandon Jacobs. Uh, last year, he was hurt through most of the year, and he's a tough player, which is why he played through his injury, but it led to a very low yards per carry average last year. When he was healthy, he was always averaging about 4.8, 4.9 yards per carry, and I think he's healthy again. Is he going to get 300 carries? No, but if he gets 200, 250 carries, that should at least get him 1,000 yards, and because of how strong he is and how good their offense is in my mind, he should be getting 10 touchdowns and 1,000 plus yards. And that's way better than about the 24th running back value that you're drafting him at. I think uh, now we're going to move on to the bus. And I'm going to go right with what you said as a sleeper with Brandon Jacobs. I think Ahmad Bradshaw is a small, speedy back there. I think he's proven himself. Brandon Jacobs, yes, he's a great goal line back. But a lot of people can compare him to Jerome Bettis. And I don't think he's done anything like Jerome Bettis. And until he does, I don't have him as the top 20 running back at all. And in that pass-first offense, I can't see him getting the touches that he did last year with the opportunities. I think they're going to give Ahmad Bradshaw a lot of those opportunities, and they're going to start moving him more to the goal line back if he does not show that he has anything to provide to the team. Here's my thing that I'll defend my sleep review on Brandon Jacobs first. Who would you rather take? Brandon Jacobs, Javid Best, Clinton Portis, um, trying to think of other names, Jerome Harrison, I'd probably take best ahead of the group, but Jacobs is easily second. These are the guys that are going around Jacobs in a lot of these drafts. These are a lot of your three running backs that you're talking about. Why would you want not Javid Best, who's the number one back in Detroit, clearly. Ben Tate, I would stay away from because Houston running backs just make you want to throw up. But I'm saying a guy like Clinton Portis, who's still their number one, who's still going to get the looks, which they've already said, and the same thing with Jerome Harrison, Cleveland has nothing really going on there, and he proved, even with no pass offense, that he can run the ball. Why would you not want a number one guy like that over New York, who has a clear-cut number two, who is another arguably top 30 running back in the fantasy draft? Well, you look at this. The Redskins have a clear-cut number two, and Willie Parker, Larry Johnson, potentially Brian Westbrook if they bring him in. 
Jerome Harrison isn't a clear-cut number two in Ontario Hardesty. That's a joke. We're, we're moving on. We're, we're just going to move on to the, the Redskins now. We're going to move on to a sleeper on the Redskins, which I like in Devin Thomas. You have uh, you have Donovan McNabb coming in there. You're stepping in. they got Santana Moss there, and he's always loved his number one wide receiver. But I think Devin Thomas, by the end of the year, ends up as their number one. Santana Moss is, I think, on the decline. And I love Devin Thomas to finally step into a role that they've wanted him to for the past couple of years. Um, frankly, I have no breakthrough on this team because I, <clears throat> if I, if I look for this team, it's an offense to stay away from. That I don't see any anyone on this team that I'd want to take in my fantasy. And if I end my leagues with no Redskin players, maybe Devin Thomas, I'd be perfectly satisfied with my team because maybe Devin Thomas, maybe Chris Cooley, those are the only two guys I'm considering putting on my roster from this team. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with the NFC North. Welcome back to the BJ Show. Took a quick break there and grabbed a drink. We're coming back with the NFC North with the Vikings won it last year. Ben, sleeper on this team who has an explosive offense. I don't know who you can really say is a sleeper. I know everyone's been taking very high on this team, but a guy who I think has the potential to either break through or be a bust is Percy Harvin. And the fact that with Chester Taylor leaving, one, I think Percy Harvin is their third down running back. That's what it sounds like from recent minicamp reports. Two, uh, Brett Favre loves throwing him the ball across the middle of the field. He loves his hands. When it, uh, he loves Sidney Rice's hands, too, on the deep bump. But across, he threw so many slants to Percy Harvin this year. I think this is a year that he steps up and really gets known as that 13th or 12th best receiver. That this could be uh, Fitzgerald Bolden style that Harvin's that bold. He won't be a top 10. But can I realistically see the 13th or 14th best receiver? Of course I can. I think a great sleeper on this team would be Bernard Barry, and they spent a lot of money in the offseason a couple years ago on this guy, and he has truly not panned out to what they expected to be in a solid number two. I think Sidney Rice will still do what he does. I think Percy Harvin's great in the slot, but I think Bernard Barry's really got to step up and you know earn his money that they spent on him to give them three legit wide receiver threats, which seems like every team who wins a championship has. You look at New Orleans last year. They did it with three great wide receivers. So I think that's a great sleeper. A bust on that team, I'd have to say Sidney Rice. I don't know how you really repeat or do better than you did last year. Brett Favre's a year older, which you can say what you want, but that still takes a toll when you're 50 or however old he is. And I just can't see Sidney Rice repeating what he did and being a top 10 wide receiver again in the National Football League <coughs> with a whole year of tape on him. Teams obviously, you know, are... Vikings are a clear-cut favorite to win a Super Bowl. I just can't see him repeating what he did. Um, uh, we rarely do agree, but my, I do definitely agree with the Sydney Rice as my is the one bust on this team, mainly because I have a rule of thumb that if a player goes into the year with um, if a player goes into the year with injury concerns, it's it's leading to a bad year. Look at Pierre Thomas from this most recent year. Um, where he had an injury in the, in training camps, missed the first year or two of the season with a sprain, MCL, and never really became his full self during the season. Sidney Rice now has a hip injury throughout the year. 
uh, throughout this offseason and they're not using surgery to repair it, that, that's just something that scares me that who knows how much time he's going to be missing and how much will he be on with his quarterbacks by the time the season starts. Moving on now to the Packers who have called one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL, a great quarterback, two great wide receivers, and I think really the sleeper on this team is Ryan Grant. He, he maybe is not the prettiest runner, but he, get, he will get you 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. It may be the ugliest 1,300 yards in 10 touchdowns, but he will get it done. It is not sexy. It is not fun to watch. It's sometimes painful to watch how much he gets lit up by a middle linebacker, but he still gets the job done. And the non-sexy players sometimes win you championships. I mean, for people who've been playing fantasy football for over the years, if anyone's had Rudy Johnson on their team uh, a few years ago, what was it? It was about three or four years where he had within five yards of each other in each season. It was 14, 12, 14, 11, 14, 13, and he would always have 10 or 11 touchdowns. That's the Ryan Grant of today now. Ryan Grant consistently will get you at least 1,200 yards, and he'll get you about 10 touchdowns. I mean, you're not going to be – he doesn't have a high upside. He does not have the Amon Green. You would see Amon Green destroy corners and safeties, and that's why he was out of the league so quickly. Guys like that and like Adrian Peterson who just run over people aren't in the league long. Ryan Grant's could have a long, serviceable career with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers in this pass-first offense because he does not take the licks that Amon Green would run through. He gets, he gets hurt. He does not break a lot of the first hits, and that's what that's what Amon Green did, and that's why Amon Green had a short NFL career. Ryan Grant, again, not a sexy pick, but gets the job done as a great number two, low number one running back. And that's why my big thing is, in most drafts, he's being drafted as a late number two, first, uh, late second round pick. If I'm looking at the end of the year, I see no way he's worse than a middle third round pick value, but no way he's better than an early second round value. That, I mean, you can't go wrong taking him. Every team needs players that will perform, and you can't miss with the studs on your team. And if you want to be safe, if you want to guarantee yourself points every week, Ryan Grant's the way to go to get you 80 yards and a touch every other week. Moving on to the Bears. You have Jay Cutler. You got this new offense they're running. Clearly it started to change at the end with this passing. Devin Oroshimadu. Uh, you got Johnny Knox. Devin Hester, who's just disgusting to draft. Um, Kevin Smith there. I think you got... Or no, not Kevin Smith. Matt Forte. Matt Forte. I'm sorry, folks. Um... You got a lot of talent there, and Jay Cutler, I think, could come off, you know, not a great year and come off with a lot of firepower. You still look, he did have decent touchdown numbers. His picks killed you in fantasy, but I think if he gets smart and now he's got some wide receivers to work with, the defense is better, which will take some pressure off of him. They got Chester Taylor in there, who clearly knows how to get you five yards, four yards a carry, can catch the ball out of the backfield can do what they need to do for this pass offense, and I think he's going into an offense that is like the Minnesota Vikings, and I love him as a sleeper. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, my big sleeper is, is slash breakthrough, whatever you want to call it. I'm going all in on Jay Cutler, and I know you just said you liked him, but I'm um, Mike Mart's offenses, their passing offenses has increased their ranking in the NFL by, by at least 10 places with every team he's taken over in their first season. Will Jay Cutler 
Uh, throw for more TDs? Yes. I can see him throwing for 30 TDs. Will he throw for 20 interceptions or more? Yes. That will happen. That's what happens if you're in a Mike Barnes offense. So as long as you're in a league that's not minus 2 or 3 for the interception, and you don't get killed for that, he's a perfect player. He'll get you 4,000 yards, and he'll get you about 28 touchdowns in my mind. Uh, I know some people aren't as high as him, and they have reasons why. Some people, frankly, don't think he's that good of a quarterback. And he's proven in the past that he might not be. I think he has an attitude issue. I think Mike Martz, unless they fix that over the offseason, playing in playing in Chicago is never an easy thing. You know, you gotta you gotta play in that limelight of Mike Ditka in those days. And uh, I don't think Jay Cutler truly has the attitude, work ethic to be a top five quarterback to throw thirty touchdowns and four thousand yards. I don't think he's at the level of Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or will ever be. I think he's a top he could end the year as a top 10 quarterback. He's a very serviceable bi-week candidate. But I think until he proves that he can do this without Brandon Marshall, without Eddie Royal, without an explosive offense around him, because to be quite honest, he's making average wide receivers look better than they are. And that's what I do like about him. That's why I do call him a sleeper, because he is making worst players look better and that's what you look for in a sleep and my thing is for him this is this year he finally has the full offseason work with their full um wide receiver corps again he's uh mike martz has come out and said that jay cutler's been there for the whole offseason trying to learn his offense as perfectly as he can so he can call it on the field um i think hester's only gonna know how to run routes a little better aroma he's should the do, worst route runner uh, in the history of the nfl uh, so aroma please, should do it uh, should be improved uh, Knox should be a deep, uh, good deep Greg, threat. Greg Olson, everyone's freaking about him. They spent a first-round pick on that guy. He's a great catching tight end. He's a great, a lot of people compared him to the way he runs routes and catches the ball to a Jason Witten as a catching tight end, not a blocking tight end, of course. But he is a very good seam threat for that team. But Mike Mart's offense is the most receptions a tight end has had in a Mike Mart's offense before is 33. I'm saying you got to use, you got to use what you got. I know, but... I, I'm I'm not a fan that I'm not buying it. And All my right. last thing, about, my last thing about Cutler though, last final fact I'm throwing in, you don't need to be a good NFL quarterback to be a good fantasy quarterback. There's a difference. This is true. Now we're gonna move on to the crapshoot of the league and the Detroit Lions. To be honest, there's no sleepers on this team. Calvin Johnson's about it. You can call Javid best a sleeper, but. Until that offense turns it around, I don't think there's really anything to say except Calvin Johnson's the only player that should be drafted in the first five rounds. I, I'm a lot different than you on the Lions. That I think that they are a lot improved. They traded for two offensive linemen. Who are 30 years and plus. 30 years old and But plus. they're better than what they had last year. I think Nate Burleson does help the receiving. Not that Nate Burleson is that great. I'm a Viking fan, and I've seen Burleson play before. But the fact that he's better than Sean McDonald or Bryant Johnson or anyone else they put out there, the trade to get... Um, I, think the, I think the key thing is here that Nate Burleson is the number two. So when you were playing Madden and you throw to B. Johnson, you don't... Yeah. Or you throw to Johnson, you don't yes. think it's... Uh, Calvin. Yeah, yeah. Calvin. So now you can yeah. for sure have the touchdowns. Yeah. I think that was uh, huge confusion among us and I'm sure other fans. My big thing for them, though, is they should be improved... Um, Stafford in the second year should be much better. And my huge sleeper is Tony Scheffler. I think that was one of the best trades they made for their offense because Pettigrew, by his nature, is a blocking tight end. And he could be a good goal line threat, but that's it. 
Tony Scheffler's been one of the better receiving tight ends in the league for the past couple years. That he has a chance to come in and get 50 receptions because he could get 5 to 10 yards um, uh, per, uh, per reception and he can move the chains. That's what both him and Burleson do well. And I think they'll get a lot more red zone opportunities this year. All right, now we're going to go to David Bredemus in the corner with the computer. David, questions of the week, Q&A? Let's go now. What we got? Um, let's see. We'll just start out with one that's not as much related to fantasy football. Who wins each of those divisions that you two just mentioned? Who wins out of those two divisions? I think easily in the NFC East, Dallas Cowboys hands down. They have one of the toughest schedules. Yes, I would say so. But the Redskins, not competition. The Giants, I don't think has, honestly, I don't think has the defense to do it. Eagles, unless De Kevin Cobb steps up, I just think the Dallas Cowboys are the proven team and have the, the best team around it to win it. And in the other division, I think the Packers come out and win it. I think they got the best offense. I think they have a solid defense. I think the Vikings truly don't have a shutdown corner to shut down uh, the Packers when they play them twice a year. And I don't think truly Brett Favre is the quarterback that he was last year. Um, I agree with you on the Cowboys. I think the other three teams in the NFC aren't bad, but they're all average, and they should all end the year anywhere from seven to nine wins. That, frankly, as long as the Cowboys can string ten together ten wins this year, they should be able to win their division. And on the other side, not because I'm a homer, but I definitely have the Vikings winning the division for a couple reasons why. Uh, one, I think that we will be improved um, a year will help this team that we have been young in the past. Uh, not Favre, but the rest of the team. Um, and two, the Packers, they do have holes on their team. Their offensive line, yeah, they drafted a rookie, but you can't trust rookies to block that well in year one. And it's been proven uh, with a lot of teams in the most recent years. Two, Donald Drivers First, have... First, to question that, the Packers have been famously known for cup blocking. You can get any 300-pounder to fall over on someone's leg. Did I'm it sorry. last year? Yes, it did work last year. The Packers had a great year last year, and their offense was very explosive. Yes, it did work last Not year. Not really. And you're bringing when you in, lead the league you in third, You had third stringers playing in there for a good part of the year, and that team still made the playoffs. You, if you have a healthy offense line for the Packers... But how can you expect it to be healthy? How can you expect it to be healthy? How can you expect Dance. it not to be healthy? Uh, I'm just saying that... Second of all, Donald Drivers had two knee surgeries this offseason. I see a lot of question marks after Jennings at receiver. And Donald Do Driver Travis, has been proven his whole career. You have he's James 35 Jones. years old. You he's have, hit that limit. Sidney Rice had injuries this year. You had, you had James Jones coming in, and you still have Jermichael Finley, which has not been talked about as a huge threat at tight end. And the Vikings, like and the Vikings, I, I, the Vikings I have been known to not cover a tight end up the middle. They have been famously That's known two games for year. their middle two line. Games two games a year that are huge. That That is two losses, and they lose the tiebreaker. That is three games, basically, in a nutshell. And then my other thing is, I love Woodson. I think he's one hell of a player. But besides that, I see so many holes in that secondary. Their front seven defense, I love. I think the Packers' front seven defense is huge. But last year, they got a ton of turnovers on defense. They actually led the league in uh, interceptions, if I think it was. And with 30 interceptions, I see no way that happens again. I don't see luck striking twice in that way. That turnovers is part skill, part luck. I still see them getting about 20. Part, part luck? Troy Polamalu, Bob Sanders. 
two guys, Ed Reed, two guys, uh, three guys who have made a living off no, picks I'm and reading smart. plays. I'm saying part skill. I think Charles Woodson is a lock for Darrell about seven. Revis. Yeah. This is why you have shut down corners in the league. It's not luck. That is pure skill. But who else bad besides Charles Woodson? Al Harris. Al Harris is still coming off uh, ACL surgery. Oh, and he probably will be playing Nick Collins is trash. Yeah, well, if you can't get the playoff in three seconds when their front seven is just darshing you, I don't know say, how else you you don't uh, how, need it. How many points did they give up in their first playoff game again? Moving on. That was the most explosive offense in the NFL. Moving on okay. to David Rodgers. Speaking of defenses, five of the top ten fantasy football defenses were from the two divisions that you talked about today. Could that happen again this year? I would say yes in a lot of ways. I think the Vikings and Packers still both have good defenses, not from what my partner says, but I think the Cowboys still have a great defense. I think the Giants still do, and I think the Eagles still do. I don't know if all five of those teams still end up in the top five. I think the Cowboys and uh, Packers will for sure end up in the top five. Uh, Vikings probably top ten. Eagles and Giants, you know, you're just splitting hairs here, but... They'll be in the top 15 for sure. I think they're still great defense. Frankly, I see no way. There's five of these eight teams are in the top 10 for defenses. My thing is, one, the Vikings are a lot worse this year on defense. They have injuries going into the year. And I don't Who'd they lose? What? EJ Henderson, I don't see being healthy right away. And I don't see him. I don't think he'll be that great coming you up. Had ja you had Jasper Brinkley, yeah. who was a rookie, <laughs> rookie, play middle linebacker for a huge part of that year and just got destroyed Second and that all, defense was still good you don't you know about the, the williams wall you still don't know for sure if they're gonna be playing this year third of all, uh, i'm just saying third of all cedric griffin is expected to start the year possibly on the pop list and that's why they they spent their first draft pick on a corner out of but you can't expect Chris Cook, you can't expect him co coming in right away and playing that well he played well, he's playing a cover two defense you're six three and play a cover two defense under physical i'm just saying how do you not play a good just saying Packers defense, I still think they do end in the top 10 fantasy-wise. Um, just for the fact I see them getting a ton of sacks this year. Uh, I love Matthews coming off the edge. And when you play in the division uh, with offensive lines that struggle, the Vikings offensive line isn't amazing. Uh, the Bears offensive line is trash, and the Lions offensive line is trash. But there's no way that they don't get the sacks. Lions won't have a top 10 defense. Bears won't have a top 10 defense. Cowboys will. I, I think that's a lock that they have a top 10 defense. Redskins, I see so many problems with their team this that's year. That's not even going to that. Yeah. Uh, Giants, again, I, I see problems with their defense. Oh. They'll give up points. And Eagles, frankly, I don't think they'll be that good this year again. Okay. I realistically only see two teams that I think will have top 10 defenses this All year. All right. And those Dave, two are who? The Packers and the Cowboys. Okay. All right, David, moving on to the last question. All right, any big training camp battles we should watch for this year that can affect fantasy football for those Fantasy football. I the only the only true big one that I really see out of this whole division this isn't even a big one, but Michael Vick and Kevin Cobb. I really there's not much going on, but he, they could battle. You know, they've called Kevin Cobb the clear-cut starter. But Michael Vick, if he is struggling right away, I don't call this a training camp battle. I call this a season battle for real. I I see Michael Vick really, you know, if Kevin Cobb doesn't get it done, why not try the guy you're paying $4.5 million to? Uh, I actually have a few training camp battles that I see as uh, huge importance. First, I'll start with the Giants. Whoever takes that flanker receiving role uh, side of Steve Smith, 
whether it's Knicks or Mario Manningham, either one of those two, I think, has a chance at being fantasy relevant as a wide receiver number three. Second of all, I'm looking at the Bears and how is the uh, carry? Uh, how is it going to be split carries between Chester Taylor and Matt Forte? If one of those two comes out and takes the job away, that could be huge. Another one with the Bears is who wins the job between Johnny Knox and Devin Aromashadu. That's fantasy gold for whoever wins that in the Mike Martz offense. Um, and one more that I'm uh, strongly looking at this year is who's going to win between Percy Arvin and Bernard Berrien. And I'm just wondering who's going to get more snaps on the field. They're similar players, and they're both speedy possession receivers that Bernard Berrien being healthy and playing better could ultimately lead to Percy Arvin's demise. All right, so you got our uh, first weekend. We got two divisions out of the way. Listen back. If you want to send an email into us for a question to answer, we will hopefully get to your email. We got a lot to get through, but hopefully we'll get to them. You can email us at um, bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. Saying that one more time, bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. All right, signing off. I'm Jason. And I'm Ben Northrup. Stay classy, listeners.